Changing minds one thought at a time Greetings everyone and welcome to the Empowering Women series for Changing Minds Online. How are you doing today, Jessica? I'm doing awesome, thank you, Akina. Thank you. How are you doing? I am great. I'm so excited for our show today, Facing Your Fear. Face Your Fear. And we will be speaking today with Vila Powell, inspirational speaker and author. How are you doing today, Ms. Vila? I am doing excellent, very excellent. Thank you so very much. Thank you, ladies. I'm so thrilled to have a chance to play with you today. Wonderful, well, thank you. It's wonderful. a pleasure to have you. So tell us about your thoughts about facing your fear. Well, I have two perspectives on that, is that not all fear is bad. Um, in my book, I start out my chapter on face your fear with you open your door, and there's ten rattlesnakes, Godzilla, and then an agent from the IRS, which, of course, is scarier than the other two before that. But that, that fear will make you shut the door, you know, that there's a fear that the bear coming at you or a tiger or, you know, tidal wave or whatever. There is a fear, that fight or flight, that gets you to move. And so that can have a positive aspect. But the faith in your fears that I, that we are talking about, especially for women, is the fear that paralyzes you, the fear of rejection so you don't act, the fear of failure so you don't act, the fear that uh, I think oftentimes there's a fear of succeeding, that what will happen if you're surrounded by people who are flourishing in their mediocrity, who are, you know, are PhDs in that, and you're wanting to do something different to excel and be excellent and you realize that that means you're going to step out of your comfort zone and maybe have to interact with new people, that that can, again, cause you to not act. And that's the fear, from my viewpoint, that needs to be addressed. It's the fear that immobilizes you, the fear that stops you from going forward. That That's the fear that we can look in the eye, call it what it is, and then move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I'm very passionate about, Vila, is the idea that we really create all of our fears. You know, and fear isn't real. And that's one thing I think we really, really need to wrap our heads around is that, like you said, you know, there is that um, that good fear, that motivation, that kind of um, not really, I don't want to kind of say this need to succeed, but this really knowledge that, you know, the only possibility of succeeding due to that, I mean, this external driving force that kind of influences us to really make a decision to, to take an action and, and stick it out to the end. And that is really a great type of, of, of motivation. And, you know, that in that way fear can be real, really positive. But, you know, the idea that, like you said, the paralyzing fear, that fear of success, that fear of failure, you know, we need to realize that none of those things have happened. And the truth is that, you know, we're making it up. You know, whether or not you are fear of failing, whether or not you're fear of successful, whatever one of those things are that are preventing you from taking your outcome, well, you haven't succeeded, you haven't failed yet. So what is it that you're really afraid of? And that's really what I like to kind of um, help people understand is that if you can create the emotion of fear, then you can also create the emotion of loving acceptance of who you are 
and really just pray for divine grace that you can accomplish your goals with ease and the idea that you can cast this fear away and cast it out of your life. And it's all about perspective. Thomas, we all have lights in our house today, uh, the success of Thomas Edison. But the, most people don't know he failed, or he, he in our eyes, he, he failed 10,000 times before he made the light bulb that worked. But what he said is he found out 10,000 ways to not make the light bulb. So, at, you know, he could have had 100, said, this thing's not working, I'm going to stop. But he kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. Kept failing, failing, failing. I mean, failure is not fatal. So even that, like you said, it's, it's something I created in my mind that, oh, if I fail, I'm, well, what's going to happen? What is the worst thing that could happen if you fail? You have to start over again. You have to do something different. And it's very simple, but, yeah, I create that fear that keeps me from moving forward where I could say this is going to one way or the other. It's either going to work or I'm going to find a better way to do it the next time. So, yes, I have that. It's how I view it, my opportunity to create a better way. Yes. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So what would you say to a person right now who is kind of in a position where they're looking, they have this goal in mind, they understand their purpose, they know what they want, but they have this fear of getting started. You know, how do they face that fear head on and just trample on it? Because, you know, I personally believe that, you know, we have this extraordinary gift, and I put it on my Facebook today that, you know, God is love and God lives in us. And if God is love and he lives in us, there is greatness inside of us. And the greatness in us, you know, the Bible says he that is in us is greater than he that's in the world, that we have the ability to really just just accomplish anything we want and we can really call upon any fear and just and call it out and call it it is what it is, that we are more powerful than that. So, you know, what does someone do today that says, you know what, I hear you, I know what I want, I know why I want it, I'm just scared to get started. What do they do? Well, the simple thing is, you know, I always tell people this, and they're like, what do you mean? Is that I love to cheat at things. Now, I'm not talking about cheating in a way. I love to cheat when I play games with my family because I want to throw off the whole kilter. So, um, and then they, they know I'm cheating, so they're so surprised that I always I end up winning because they're so busy trying to figure out how I'm cheating that they're not paying attention. So I'm saying to cheat is get let me let me use a different word, is that get someone who's already doing what you're doing and then work with them. Right, that's what I call cheating. Don't reinvent the wheel. Unless whatever this uh this drive is in your heart or this in your that's motivating you is something so new that it's not somewhere else someone else is doing it. Like, I'm an author, so I want to be, I'm an author, and I'm a minister outside the walls of the church, and I'm an inspirational speaker, but as I'm building and developing my career, I can either try to struggle and do it all by myself, or I can find someone who's already doing that and say, can you mentor me and help me? And so that's what I did. I found a lady. I didn't know her. I saw her on a, heard her on a program, on a blog talk radio program, as a matter of fact. I found her, Googled her, and called her up, and I said, you don't know me, but this is what I want to do. Can you help me? Will you be my mentor? And the bigger picture that it's about community. It takes a village to raise a child, and it takes a village to succeed. That whether you're Bill Gates or Oprah Winfrey or the person who is selling lemonade, they have a community around them. There's no need. Every it's, It makes sense to be fearful to do something by yourself because that's not 
Now you talk about that God, God is in us, and that God is love, and if we go from that place of knowing that we are loved and beloved, we can do anything. But even God exists in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that there's that whole concept about communal aspects. And so to face your fears, don't do it by yourself. Get someone to stand with you. Get a community. Find people that have that same interest or something similar and get yourself a support group. You know, that's one of the reasons you watch the Oscars and people give those thank you speeches. They don't say, I did this all myself, thank you very much. No, they thank everyone who helped them because they realize that they may be standing there on that stage with that statue, but they didn't get there by themselves. And that it's about that community. It's about reaching out, mentoring, coaching, working with others. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I was a kid, my father actually taught me a lesson about community and about sticking together, and I never forgot it. And, you know, there was this um, kid I used to play with who was across the street from me, and it was one of those kind of love-hate relationships. I grew up (laughs) in a very rural area, and um, there wasn't a whole lot of people who lived where we lived. We couldn't really see most of our neighbors. We had a you know, ride our bikes from place to place. So there wasn't a whole lot of options for who there was to play with. And it wasn't like, you know, today where kids, you know, had like schedules and play dates. You know, you just kind of went out in the morning and came back uh, for dinner. <laughs> so, Correct. you know, we, we, yeah, exactly. It, it was who it was. Like you live next to who you lived with. And, you know, you, you know, they say when you're kids, you know, you, or they say as an adult, you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. And as kids, you really can't choose your friends when you're living in a rural area of the United States. You just kind of are forced to play with whoever you're forced to play with. So I um, was probably the only girl in bike riding distance of my house. So I was quite the tomboy as a kid. And, you know, I um, you know, I grew up across from this, this kid named Greg, and we would always play together and do these crazy things, but they almost always winded up in some sort of, like, physical altercation, and, uh, you know, eventually we would call each other names, or it would kind of degrade very quickly. So, you know, I remember one day we had, I guess, gotten into some type of argument, and we both must have had some uh, battle scars of the argument, because, like, there is always that secret code of no matter, like, how bad it gets, like, don't tell mom and dad, and that's, like, the one thing, right, that everyone... You know, you can beat each other up and rag on each other, but no one broke that, that code of ethics of not telling the parents yes. of, about what happened. But yes. I remember one day, one of, one, of us, uh, one of us must have had a battle scar because we both kind of got chewed out. But I, and I'll never forget, my father came and he sat us both down on this, like, you know, on the steps. And he gave us each a pencil and he said, you know, break this. And we just looked at him like he was nuts, but he kind of was like, telling us to break it, and we're like, hey, you know what, if this is going to be whatever we need to do today, it's better than what our normal punishment is. So we just broke this pencil, <laughs> and, uh, and we're just like, all right, we broke the pencil, and we're kind of like wondering what he was going to do next. And then, you know, um, he got all this big group of pencils, maybe like 10 pencils that were all put together, and then he took a rubber band, and he had attached them to the rubber band, and he gave us both those pencils. He said, okay, good, you can now break this. And we both tried, and um, despite the fact that we were clearly able to break one another, <laughs> neither one of us were able to break the group of pencils. And, uh, you know, he told us, you know, when you guys are fighting, um, when you're, if you're by yourself, you know, you're never going to be successful. You can never stand alone. But if you're together, there's strength when you're together. 
And he said, you have to stop fighting because if you guys stick together, you know, everything will always be okay. And I think that it's really true when it comes to facing our fears. You know, especially as women, we have this fear of being alone. You know, we don't want to do it by ourselves. And a lot of times, especially in today's society, women kind of carry multiple roles, you know, where there's, we're still the breadwinners, we're still the caretakers. Excuse me, we're now we're the breadwinners, but we still kind of have that role of caretaker, of provider, and, you know, nurturer, and we're trying to do everything. And oftentimes it can be very lonely, and we can feel very isolated. And often, you know, when we're in that position and we're by ourselves, well, that's when it's easiest for fear to really set in and to kick in, and, and that's when we kind of become paralyzed. You know, but like Akina always talks about the need for upward mobility, the need for always moving in the right direction. You know, and I always say that, you know, you always want to be moving towards your goals. And, you know, I'm a runner, and, you know, sometimes I can sprint really fast towards that finish line, and sometimes I can, you know, just give it my best and I have to walk. And, and sometimes I swear it feels like I'm going to be crawling over glass until I get there. That's what it feels like in my head, but I'm like, I always need to be moving forward. And when I'm always moving forward, I have to say, you know, when I'm by myself on my runs, sometimes I stop. You know, I'm going to be truthful. Sometimes I stop. Why? Because there's no accountability. You know, I'll be, uh, it'll be 5 o'clock in the morning and it's maybe a little too hot out or in the winter a little too cold out or a little too tired and my foot's a little bit sore. But when I'm running in those races and there's tons of people around me, I'm accountable to everyone there because if I stop, someone else might look at me and stop. And, you know, people encourage you and move you to go forward and to make it to that finish line. And I've never stopped in a race. I've always made it to the finish line. And it's because of that collective energy of people that are seeking to accomplish a goal. And when you have a goal, no matter what it is, you know, Akeen and I right now are launching a brand new 90-day game plan for our um, home business that we do um, outside of Changing Minds Online, you know, whether or not you're an athlete, whether or not you're on an education plan, on a new diet, no matter what it is, you need accountability partners. And not just one person, but the more people that are you're accountable to, the more likely you are to face those fears and to reach those goals because there really is strength in numbers. It's very true. And one, I, I love the example that your father gave, you know, that concept out of the Bible that a three-strand cord is not easily broken and that you, you made a very important statement that when you're by yourself, that is when fear can come. I, uh, my uh, daughter's father is a truck driver, and uh, he would come back and have all these ideas, and I would say, you know what, that made sense to you when you were in the truck talking to yourself. So, but now that you're saying that out loud to someone else, it doesn't quite sound the same. And I, I use it as an example that oftentimes the things that we're fearful of, that if you said that to someone else, even the speaking it out loud, you go, wow, that really doesn't make that much sense. Or wow. Or someone can say, that's not true. You know, you are an amazing cook, singer, mother, dancer, that they would be able to encourage you, like you said, and if you've ever seen geese flying, they fly in the V formation, and it looks like the geese in the front is leading. And it can be lonely to be a leader, to be the CEO of a company or, or to be the executive director or, or to be in charge. And oftentimes it's by, you're by yourself. But what they have found out, you, you've seen the geese, you hear the other geese honking, that they're actually encouraging that goose in the front. Keep going. We're here with you. You're not by yourself. That you may be leading, but we're, we're on the same team with you. And it's so important to not get isolated, not be by yourself, 
that you're there as women, I mean, in the most basic way, if you have nothing else to talk to a woman about, you just say, I don't know anybody else and I'm too shy, what do I talk to a woman about? Every woman on this planet can say, oh, my God, my period is driving me crazy. And every woman will be chiming there with you, oh, my God, yes. I mean, we all have the horror story of I had a hot date and boom, I went in the bathroom and was like, what? You know that, and of course it's a very silly example, but we all, as women, we we give life. We all have something in common, from cramps to crazy kids to horrible boyfriend dates to best husbands on the planet. We all have something we can talk about, and no need to be isolated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have a we have a live question in our chat section. Uh. In regards to fear, is it helpful to try to understand what we are actually afraid of? Understand by, I'm, the answer is yes, you know, being able to identify, but sometimes there's too much psychobabble, and I think uh, we know that Jessica runs and that I also just recently started running, and sometimes you just got to do it, that. You know, I just said, oh, it's too cold, or, you know, I don't know. The grass might be wet at the park and I don't want to slip, or I don't, you know, sometimes, even if, some, sometimes you just got to do it. And if it's not going to harm you to move forward, identify it if you can. But what I, my concern is, is what's called analysis paralysis. So that I get so focused on trying to figure out what's the real basis of my fear that I'm still not moving forward, but I, I feel like I'm doing something. The challenge is to move forward. It is not going to harm you. Yeah, I think Sometimes too that one of the things that I always yeah one of the things I always like to say too is when it comes to figuring out what your fear is. I think in many ways, you know, you can change your fears if you if you understand what they are because fears, you know, aren't real. So I definitely agree with everything you're saying. But you know, and you definitely don't want to become hyper focused on your fear. That is um, certainly a challenge, right? If you're facing your fears, if you're dwelling on your fear and you're thinking about your fear all the time, well, then certainly, like you said, you have that risk of becoming paralyzed. And it's like, you know, kind of that law of attraction idea that if you're constantly focusing on what you don't want, that you're going to attract more of what you don't want. So you definitely don't want to necessarily focus on your fear, but identifying your fear can be extremely powerful because the truth is fear is not real. And here's kind of a classic example. you know, my cousin and I were hiking, and I am very, very much, I don't like spiders. I don't want to say I'm afraid of spiders because I've actually, because fear is not real, and I cast away that fear, and I do much better than I um, than I do, did before. As a matter of fact, there's actually a spider in my window that I've actually been letting live um, for a few days now, and typically, actually, a spider in my window in the past used to give me nightmares because it was, and now I realize that this spider in my window is really, not actually doing anything to me, so um, I learned to get over that. And but you know, my cousin and I were hiking, and, and so we were in the woods. Now I don't like spiders; she doesn't like snakes. So to her, snakes are really scary. Well, to me, snakes are actually kind of cool. I think that they're fun. I think they're you know, if I see a snake, um, assuming it's not like a rattlesnake or anything that can seriously hurt me, I want to try and catch it. So she is with a similar perception of spiders. She doesn't mind spiders at all. They can crawl all over her and they don't bother her. But really, for me, a spider, when I'm hiking, if there's a spider, like, hanging from a tree, it's going to stop me dead in my tracks. If there's a spider, um, a snake hiking on the path, 
what's going to stop her to get in her track? But the truth is, what's what's right and what's wrong, right? So I, I like the snake. I want to hold the snake. She doesn't mind the spider. She's going to pick up the spider with her hands and move it somewhere out of my way. So we were actually hiking one day, and we were up um, by Lake George, and, um, you know, this garter snake comes into our path. So she's kind of shaking and trembling, and she's like, get it, get it. And I'm like, cool, a snake. And I, like, run after it, and I pick it up, and I'm like, look. And I'm, like, showing her the snake, and she's, like, you know, freaking out. And then, you know, a little bit later on the, um, on the trip, there was this massively large spider. And she thought it was the coolest thing ever. I thought it was probably one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. It was, like, almost the size of my hand. I wanted to, like, run and cry and scream in the other direction and go, like, hide under my bed. And she thought that the spider was the coolest thing ever. And she started, she, like, went up to it and was examining it. And eventually she moved it off the path because I refused to walk by it. But she literally, like, took a piece of paper and had it crawl on it. And then I would have, I mean, for me, forget it. I would have been already three miles from the spider if I had an option. I would have just run completely in the other direction. So, you know, but the truth is I had a perception of how the spider was scary she had a perception of how the snake was scary, but neither one of them were really true because she went in near the spider and nothing happened, and I picked up the snake and nothing happened. So it just really kind of is a very tangible and kind of, like you said, a little bit of a silly story, but a way to prove that the fears weren't real. It was just a perception based upon something someone told us and based upon experience we had, um, something we saw on TV or a movie. Something made me afraid of spiders. I don't really know what it was. Something made her a fear of snake. Uh, excuse me, be afraid of snakes, and I'm sure she doesn't really know what it was. But at the end of the day, you know, everyone's fear is different. So yeah, you know what, face your fear because if you can figure out what your fear is, it's easy to let it go. And you know, we talk all the time about affirmations. We talk all the time about meditation, about praying, and just going before God and just really calling upon His divine energy to really infuse you with strength to really let your fears go. Well, you know what, if you have something you want to do and your fear is fear of rejection, you know, you can stand in front of the mirror every day and say, I am easily connecting with people today that I'm going to bring into my home business. You know, if your fear is maybe um, that you're not going to, your your husband's not going to love you if you gain weight. You know, a lot of people talk to me and say all the time because I'm in the business of of helping people lose weight. And people will say to me, you know what, I'm afraid my partner is, is, going to not love me anymore because I'm gaining weight. Well, you know what? They wind up gaining more weight because that's what they're focusing on. They have this fear. And I tell them, look in the mirror and tell yourself every day, you know, I am beautiful. I am lean. I am sexy. My husband loves me for who I am. And you can replace those fears with different types of emotions. But you do have to kind of know what it is. But, you know, know, Vila also, like you said, is just make sure that in doing that that you're not focusing on those fears. But that was a, you know, that was a great question. So I hope we answered your question. And if you're still out there in, um, in our chatting world, please, you know, feel free to um, ask us something else if we haven't answered it or if there's something you want us to elaborate on. I want to build on that. I want to read a quote from Marianne Williamson about fear. And, and I, I think it's very applicable to women. Because we, as a three of us spoke earlier, that oftentimes we, women don't know how to use their power uh, there's a there's a very good quote that I see on Facebook every once in a while, and it says, "I want every young girl who told that she's bossy that she really has leadership ability." 
you know, about your perception. Like, I'm not too cool with spiders either, but I know that spiders show bad bugs, so I'm cool. As long as it's not trying to get on my bed, it can crawl all over the house because my perception is a spider is helping me. So it's very true. And the perception of women that oftentimes what we're fearful of is, is, is of exuding our power. And I want to read this quote and, and just encourage every woman who, even if your fear is based on something very harmful that happened to you, you still have the power within to overcome that and to move forward. This is a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that that quote, Jessica and I, Akina are all have all lived it ourselves. We wouldn't be on the radio. We wouldn't be authors. We wouldn't be in business if we hadn't had to say, you know what, I am good at this, and I'm going to do it. And you have people who encourage you and stand behind you. But that the fear that, I, the fear that I'm, you know, I told someone my, my personality is too big for radio. I need to do something else. That I'm going to speak that boldness. I'm going to be brazen about who I am and what I'm able to do. And fear doesn't have a place in that. And that, again, embracing our awesomeness, our God-giftedness, fear has no place there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really great way to kind of, a way to kind of end our call tonight is really just knowing that fear, like you said, it just doesn't have a place in our life and we're paralyzing it. And we certainly have the ability to release all fears and replace them with love. And that was actually our affirmation on our um, Facebook wall today. I replace fear, all fear, and I, I replace it with love. So, um, you know, thank you so much, Vila, for, you know, being a guest on our show tonight. And we certainly benefited from your wisdom. And um, we look forward to checking out your book. Would you like to just let anyone know if they were – um, inspired by you tonight, how they can get your book and reach out with you further? Yes, you're welcome to reach out to me on my website, www.30daydjourneytowardstransformation. You can contact me on the contact page. I'd love to follow up with you and interact with you, and you have information on the first page, how to purchase my book as a resource to empower yourself and help you continue to move forward. Beautiful. Nikki, is there anything you want to add tonight before we uh, close out our call? Anything I forgot about? Yes. Uh, if you were touched by today's uh, show, you can get it on changingmindsonline.com, now on Stitcher. You can also get it on Podomatic and iTunes. And, of course, you can reach out to us at Facebook. Twitter, Google+, Plus, Instagram, and Pinterest. 
Awesome. Yeah, thank you. And we'd love to uh, read your posts and your quotes on our page. And, you know, we look forward to checking them and replying to them every day. So thank you for everyone who, um, you know, does that for us and does kind of connect with us. And additionally, if you are on the call tonight and you have um, decided tonight you're going to replace your fears of love, um, we have, like I said, we have that on our wall today. I will replace my fears of love. You know, write it in and just kind of like it or say, yes, that's me, and let us know that you are listening and that you're going to do that. So um, we will pin this to that post for you so you can uh, like it and you can declare it today and in front of everyone. You know, we talk about those accountability partners. So be accountable today for replacing fear with love. Um, and I'm going to sign off, everyone. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. God bless. Thanks again, Visa, for being our guest. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday on our, um, our first, this will be our first um, Sunday Superstars. We'll be featuring one of my great friends, Danny Patterson, and talking about how he got his life from, from zero to hero, really. So we'll talk, um, we'll see you on Sunday. Thanks, everyone. Have a great night. Good night, everyone.